do you guys yeah. look at each other and do you like look at him and be like, Gregory, how did 50 years go by so fast? You have those yeah. convos? Yes. What do y'all say? I w- thank God I did it with you. I wouldn't, so want to awesome. do, I wouldn't want to do it with anyone else. And if I had to do it all over, I would do it the same way. And, you, you know, we go with people to the graveyard. Most of them say, I wish I had told them I loved them more. Uh, I wish that I had been more affectionate. So when you hear stuff like that, you step back and you think, I, I hope there's not a lot of regrets. You know what I mean? So I think that makes you just more in tune with each other. Because life is a gift and we're, every day is valuable. And the greatest gift that we can give to one another is our love for each other. And it's letting the Lord Jesus love through us to each other. And when you have that ingredient, it's, it's, it's a pretty spicy, wonderful <laughs> life. Before we get started, I wanted to give a shout out to our sponsor, Proper Creative. They help me with our brand content and, of course, making our swag. They're the ones that ship it out to us. That's Proper Creative, and they work with any type of business, whether you're a big corporation or a small business or even running it out of your house. They will work with you, and they will help you and relieve a ton of liability and work from your shoulders. That's Proper Creative. You can follow them on Instagram, P-R-O-P-R, or you can go to their website at P-R-O-P-R. R-O-P-R-L-L-C.com. Let Proper Creative help you build your brand and sell direct to consumer, regardless of the size of your business. Proper Creative is definitely a good choice. Welcome to another week of Level Up with Matt Rogers. I'm your host, Matt Rogers. My sidekick is always with me, Eli Adelman. Hey, man. Hey, man. How's it going, man? It's good. Is you, it good? Your wife's birthday's today. That's cool. My wife's birthday is today. What are you guys doing for that? Uh, we had a fantastic weekend. Took her to our favorite restaurant, Jeff Ruby's. Oh, future nice. sponsor. Throwing that out there. So you, you bring them up a lot. Uh, I love Jeff Ruby's. It's best steakhouse. I like the environment. Yeah. Here's the thing. It's like, everyone's like, oh, no, this steakhouse is better. Or this place is better. Like, I like to go where I'm like appreciated and feel wanted. Right. And Jeff Ruby's makes you feel wanted and appreciated. Like they know we go there probably like once every two months. Yep. And it's like, Hey, are you going to have the, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like they know that, you know, Matt, are you going to have the eight ounce petite filet medium with the asparagus? Like they know. Did you get it eight ounce? That's not I, very much meat, man. Well, here's what I do. Okay. I get the eight ounce, uh, petite filet. Yep. And then I get, Two ounces of the Wagyu because the Wagyu is thirty dollars an ounce. Golly! So two ounces is sixty bucks, dude. It's but you got to get that taste of it though. Oh, dude, it's it's a game changer. Yeah. So like the whole eight ounce petite fillet is something like fifty bucks, right? And then two ounces of the Wagyu is sixty bucks, dude. It's it's a good night. It's like candy to my taste buds. So good. I so love good. it, dude. Yeah. What about you? What's your go-to? If you're going to really impress your wife, where are you taking where her? Where am I taking her? Man, Applebee's. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually where we had our first kind of date. I wanted to take her to like this nice Italian restaurant, and she was like, well, I'll be honest with you. I don't really know how this is going to go, so don't waste your money. <laughs> so, <laughs> I remember talking about that with you. Yeah. That was the first date. Yeah, so we to Applebee's. And, and it worked out well. Rushed it. And, and today we celebrate seven years of marriage. So. so my wife's birthday is your anniversary. Yep. Congratulations, buddy. Thanks, happy man. anniversary. Thanks, buddy. You man. know, Liz, if you're out there listening, happy anniversary. Happy anniversary, sister. Yeah, she'll listen to me edit it. She will? Yeah. And edit it to 
make you sound even better than you already do. So good. Silky smooth like you. It's cool how you brought up like, you know, marriage and relationships because our guest today, we had her husband on last week, Papa Pope, you know, like that's like one of God's generals right there. Yep. Patriarch. If, if when they rewrite a book, a new God's generals, Papa Pope's going to be in it. And right. first lady wife, Jackie Pope is with us today. Let me just give you a quick rundown on, on Jackie Pope. And like, Papa Pope, I almost want to cry when I talk about her because I haven't known her that long, less than a year. I think I met her for the first time, October, 2020, but it was an instant, like, I'm just going to say it. Like I lost my mom 17 years ago. And this woman gives me that feeling that so spiritual, good. so good. like, just, I don't want anything from you, Matt. I just want to love you. Yep. And I just want to show you what Jesus looks like. Yep. And that is this woman. And as before I officially bring her in, I'm going to tell you this. You ladies listening right now, turn the volume up and hit the share button because this woman has been married for 50 years. She looks like she's in her mid-50s, and she has the joy of a 17-year-old cheerleader that just made the cheer squad. <laughs> like... She embodies everything that I think a woman should be, a woman of the Lord should be, a woman in marriage should be, and what I really hope and pray and know that my wife, Terry, is going to be as we grow older. So with that being said, Mama Jackie Pope is in the house. How are you? I am wonderful. You are a son in the Lord, and uh, Papa and I, we are just so thankful when God made that God connection. Amen. You I know, love you. He is faithful. It was long overdue. And I wore this shirt just for you. <laughs> this is my, one of our bring heaven shirts. Oh, and, I love uh, it. Yes. You know, people can get it online. It's very basic, but uh, I, I wore it because you bring heaven everywhere that you go. You really, really do. Like it's, you can feel different when you're around you. What is that? You know, I think uh, we all have opportunities, choices. Love my husband, to love my family, my church family. And, you know, I think it's just about your heart position of Thanksgiving that brings heaven on the scene. Because you know that every day is a gift. And when you get over 50, you really know that every day is a gift. <laughs> so, you know, that's you know. You know, life goes by. The, uh, the thing is, I've learned in my years is that, you know, and it says that life goes by fast. And I've learned mm -hmm. that days can be long. But when you look back over the years, because Gregory and I have been married 50 years, and I'm thinking, my gosh, how did that happen? Mm -hmm. But in those 50 years, there's been some storms that made some long days, maybe some long nights. But when you put it all together and you look back, you see the faithfulness of God and you think, ah, how did we get here so quick? So uh, it makes you enjoy. The older you get, you learn to, like the old saying says, you smell the roses maybe a little more. It's true. And I mean, honestly, this is one of the biggest reasons I wanted to talk to you on this podcast. Like you're one of the people I just love to talk to, period. But I wanted to bring you on because I wanted to share with the world the people who encourage me because I know the people who are listening will be encouraged because you said that, you know, when I wake up every day, I choose to be this way. Um in 50 years of marriage, it it can't have been easy and things have happened to you and we're going to get into those tough times and we're going to talk about it and talk about how you overcame it. And But 
when you say you choose to be this way, it, it's like a place that you live from. Cause I mean, I'm sure you feel different now than you did when you were in your twenties and thirties. Right. I mean, do you feel worse and choose yeah. to be better? Like, how do you, how do you do that? I, th- I think the older you get and the more that you realize that, you know, we've learned by doing we're pastors. Mm-hmm. So we've, we, we bring babies into the world and celebrate, and then we're there with families as people go uh, to be with the Lord. And the thing that Gregor and I have really learned over the years, and I would probably say in the last 10 years mostly, that life, this world is but a tent, and we're mm-hmm. just camping. <laughs> and the main thing is our destination and who we and, and the people we want to take on that destination, and that's to heaven. And so... When you wake up and realize, you know what, what's really real and what's really important, you make those choices, prioritize your life, because everything in the world wants you to get so busy. You know, Matt, you've got kids, you've got everything, you're running everywhere. And it's just bringing life back in and say, okay, what am I going to really cherish, value, love, and let God really see through me today? I mean, those are choices that we make every day. And uh, what's so sweet about it is with Jesus, every day does get sweeter. <laughs> you, it and does it really sweeter. does. You mean that? Yeah. And that's despite your circumstances. You said every day gets sweeter. You didn't say every day gets easier. What's oh. the difference? Um, when Jesus is in the equation of our lives, we know that whatever storm the enemy is throwing at us, that if we keep trusting him, you know, the Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. We get those promises, like you said, that you declare over your family, over your life, over everything that you're involved in. You take those promises. You speak them out over that storm. And really what you're doing is hushing the fear in you because the word of God will hush some fears that are in your in your mind. And then you declare that victory that God has because we once we really know we're in Christ, our position comes from what? from his already winning the battle. Wow. So I walk out on the plane, I walk out on the battlefield knowing that what I already win. Whether I live, whether I die, I am the Lord. I am winning on this <laughs> battlefield of life because of Jesus. And so that makes the that makes the warrior in you rise up. Absolutely. It, it, we're cheerleaders and warriors at the same time. We're the bride of Christ with combat boots on. <laughs> you know, go figure. You know, my goodness. See, Eli, and, and you listeners, you are going to hear at least five lines from Mama Jackie today that you're going to write down and you're going to love. <laughs> she throws these nuggets. It just comes out of her. I, I want I want people to really to get to know you, the listeners, because I know you. But let's go back to the beginning. So uh, in December, did we celebrate 50 years of you and Gregory or was it November? Yes, December the 19th, we've been married 50 years. We dated two years before. Uh, I met the love of my life when I was 15. Oh, my goodness. Uh, That's all right. Is that us yeah. or them? That was okay. that was uh, my honey's phone. <laughs> all right. So I'm, take I'm on his computer. I am so I don't even have a computer. I'm using no, my honey's fine. computer. And so you're but, totally uh, good. So you, know, you met, met so you met him at what age? What age did you meet him? I was 15 and he was, I think, had... He turned 17 in February. Okay. And so where'd you guys was, meet? Like high school? 
we we were in high school. Yes, I was going eleventh grade. He was in the twelfth grade, going into the twelfth grade. Summer before, and of course, I saw that good-looking tall guy. And it's, <laughs> it's history. Those tall boys. My goodness, <laughs> fifty years later, I'm still so, in love with that tall guy. <laughs> was it like was it like Greece, and you were like Sandra D, and he was Danny Zuko, and you're like, oh, the oh. summer of my life. Like, what was it like? Oh, oh. What is it like when you're 15 and 16? It's fire. <laughs> <laughs> it was fire. You know, you know what I'm saying? When you're 15 and 16, and because what? What makes the world go round? God's uh, love. Yeah. What makes our world go round? God's love in us, in us. Uh, you know, love is such a contagious. It's it's wonderful. So, like you were saying. Go um, ahead. Yeah. When with your wife having a wonderful, like you were just talking about celebrating Terry's birthday over the mm -hmm. weekend when you're sitting with your love and celebrating there's just and with the Lord in the equation there's nothing sweeter than that it's 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 the heaven on earth see and this is what we're going to dive into because and and this is this is a hard thing to say but it's true a lot of listeners are married but they don't enjoy their spouse they don't enjoy their relationship like a lot of people are married out of obligation well you know, we're going to wait till the kids get older and then maybe that's when we'll separate or they just kind of, you know, bite their teeth and grit it out. You know, our marriage isn't like that. I know you and Gregory's marriage isn't like that. Um, I want to get into that, how you keep that love alive. But before we do, going back to 15 year old, like, were you always like this? Like, were you always spiritually on fire for Jesus? And it and you said, oh, it was the love of Christ that brought me to Gregory. Or were you like the typical 15 year old? And you're just like, no, man, he's I hot. Was, I like I him. I was not saved. I was Churched all my life, but I think because I had prayer, my parents and grandparents prayed, and then wonderful prayer works mm -hmm. that it was divine destiny at such a young age that we met, fell in love. But of course, for me, it was just I love this good-looking, <laughs> tall, handsome guy, not knowing that God had a deeper plan than that. You know, God just—he's orchestrating things when we don't even know things are being orchestrated. He's always working behind the scenes. And so to me, to for Gregory, it was, I was very quiet. I was shy. And he was the loud one singing. He was a mat. I mean, you get in the car with him. He was, he had the, you know, the country music going and all that. And of course he just swept me off my feet. So you were like Gaga over him, right? You were just yes. like, oh my God. Yes. So yes. I asked a mutual friend of ours, Kyle Negretti, who knows you guys better than probably anybody. And he said, he goes, when you ask her about how her and Gregory met, he said, it's a juicy fruit story. Oh, what does yes. that mean? What's the juicy fruit story? You're holding out on me. Oh, uh, listen, the first time I met Gregory, I'd seen him as a, from afar and thought, gosh, she's a good looking guy. And then I met him. I was double dating in the back seat with another a guy, a friend of his, mm -hmm. and he just came up to the window, so sweet, looked in the window, you know, said hey to everybody, was introduced to me, and then he looked over at the guy and said, she is much too pretty to be with you. <laughs> My goodness, man, compliments, uh, words of affirmation mean a uh -huh. lot to a woman. <laughs> So the next night, I was with my girlfriends at the Dairy Queen, mm -hmm. and we're in a small little rural 
area and Gregor comes up. We're all standing around talking and all that. And he has some juicy fruit. He, you know, he passed it out. I got a piece. And then he says, you want to go run through town? That means three red lights. Of course, I said, yes, <laughs> jumped in the car with him. And I'm still in the car with him. Hallelujah. Yes. <laughs> so, so when Kyle said the juicy fruit story, like it's really a juicy fruit story, like juicy fruit gum. Yes, he had juicy fruit gum, so we laughed. So he, he tells everybody, hey, just keep your p- a pack of juicy fruit gum, in the, you know, in the car. It'll get you, you know, it'll, it's points. It's points with your lady. I love you guys. That's so great. <laughs> I, I want to I, I I really highlight the fact that when we come visit you in South Georgia, um, you guys have the life that most people dream of in the sense that there are five generations living on the same street and y'all are together. You have your mama, Lila, who's 90 and lives with you. Then you got you and Gregory second generation. Then you have two daughters, uh, Allison and Angela and Allison's been on this podcast. And then you have four grandkids and you have three great grandkids. Blessed. I mean, blessed beyond belief. And that, that I believe is is God rewarding the righteous? And that's what the Bible says, because it hasn't always been easy, but here you are, life's not always easy, but you do have this blessing, this anointing from the Lord. Take us back to, I really wanna concentrate on marriage. Bring us back to the beginning. You guys are 15, you fall in love, you get married. But in the beginning, let's talk about the hardships of marriage, because y'all have been through it. Talk about what the hard part was in the beginning of marriage, losing the farm and why Mm -hmm. praying together was so important. Uh, You know, when Gregor and I, as soon as we got married, we, we were already plugged into the church. Both of us was every, you know, was committed to the church. I, you know, you can be committed to the church and not know Jesus, but it's really sweet when you fall in love with the savior of the church. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. So were <laughs> so you guys like, God. like, was it, was it Christian? Was it Baptist? Like what, what, yes. what, what? Was- I was, I was raised Methodist. Then Greg was Baptist. When we got married, we went to his Baptist church. Okay. And so immediately we were a part of helping with the youth group, all kind of stuff. So in, from that, we had a lay witness team in. And immediately I found out I was lost. You know, when you get around somebody salty, full of Jesus, talking about what God's doing for them, you know, right then, I mean, you will know whether how you are, how your heart condition was. Mm -hmm. And I realized I I had Jesus in my head like I did George Washington, but I had not (laughs) asked him to come into my heart. And so immediately I, you know, asked him into my heart in my, in our bedroom. And that weekend, uh, Gregory came, you know, we had a, we had an encounter, a God encounter. And so that night we got in, uh, got home and we thought, okay, now we're young, 18 and 19. Mm-hmm. We need to make prayer one of our foundations of our home. And he got on one side of the bed. I got on the other. We turned out the light and we said such a simple little prayer. Gregory led it, of course, just about, Lord, we need you. And we want you in our marriage. We want you in our home. Isn't it amazing? God doesn't expect, he don't require a lot. He just requires your heart. And uh, our heart was just saying, Lord, we want you. And from that moment started our journey with Jesus, which is like you said, 
It's been a journey. And has the enemy come in and attacked us? Yes. But we knew that it was the enemy attacking and not God. You know, you have to get mm, that straight. That's so and we got big. that straight early on in our our life. That's such a soft spot for me, especially nowadays. How do you know when it's the enemy versus God's allowing something or trying to teach you a lesson or bring you through something? What's the difference? You know, James says, and you have to be fully persuaded or you will be a confused child Yeah. because it'll be like a child that doesn't know whether they're going to come home and find a, a good, good daddy or a bad, bad daddy. Hmm. And a lot of us have that confused with many years about Father God. But the word says in James that every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above. So if the gift is not good and perfect, if you being natural knows what's not good and perfect for your children, how much more your Heavenly Father? Isn't it amazing? I would not put cancer on any of my children, grandchildren, or great-grandchildren. Any disease, any infirmity. I would not uh, starve them. I would not uh, cause them to go into a depression. You know what I'm saying? Everything that we attack, those storms, we, and it's sad, we think the enemy brings the storm, and then we think God is in that storm. And if I think God's in that storm, I won't have faith for God to get me out of that storm. Right. And when and you so, say when you say we believe God's in that storm, in it as in like him and the devil are tag team partners, you know, making that happen. Yes, the devil's making yeah. that happen. I said if I thought God was sending that storm, for sure, I would not have faith to God to help me get out of that storm. Right. And a lot of us think we think God's sending it, and we don't wonder then why I can't believe because my belief system is it's really from God, and what is He trying to? doing me. But when you realize God, what, what he really wants to do is the word to so work in us that the Holy Spirit brings up things that he's working on. And uh, God's not, you know, he's not double-minded. He's, right. He wants to bless his family. He did bless us through the blood, you know, through the precious blood of Jesus. And we're in such a covenant. I mean, we're trying to get a revelation and I think we're just scratching the surface Right. Of how powerful this covenant of God is and how good this covenant of God is. Tell me about losing the farm and how prayer was so important, because I'm assuming based off of what you're saying right now, when y'all did lose the farm, you didn't think that it was God controlling it. You thought like, hey, we lost this thing and we're, you know, God's going to help us get it back. Right. Well, we said, Lord, you know, the Bible says whatever the devil steals from you. He's got to repay sevenfold. Mm. So our journey walk is that once we lost the farm, God moved us uptown and gave us a beautiful home, which is just a miracle in itself. It was a home that a doctor had owned. My granddaddy had built that home for a doctor many years when I was a little girl. And when I would go by that, I would always say, gosh, I want to live there one day. And so we are told that we're going to have to leave the farm. Well, that house had been empty for two or three years because the doctor that had lived there had moved away. We went and looked at it, and our friend from Tennessee said, you like that? I said, I love this house. Make a, get an offer. 
So we come and tell the realtor, we can't get it for this much. And it was like maybe a fourth of what it was on the market for. Right. And the realtor was so embarrassed. He said, I'm not taking that to that doctor. Mm-hmm. And Gregory said, but it's legit. He said, the only way I'll go is if you two go with me. So when he met, we came up with a price and uh, he came, you know, we went up 30000 and he came down a whole bunch. And then he says, well, how are you going to finance it? And we said, we don't have any money. You'll have to finance it. <laughs> I laugh. I mean, because I, I, it was probably a nervous laugh. You're like, God, you've got to do this. Mm-hmm. And he says, your wife has a pretty smile. She will look beautiful in house. I'll finance it. <laughs> and so that was our journey of coming out of debt. And then God getting us from that. He sold that house. We sold three lots. We sold another house that we swapped. Gregory goes to Tennessee to be with Phil Driscoll, and God is moving us on another another journey. It's amazing what God will do if you will just trust him. Unbelievable. We, you know, we've just seen the hand of the Lord move on, on our trust of just saying, we don't know how, but you do, Lord. And, uh, you know, that's a... It's a walking on water experience because most of us have control issues, right. including me. And to let go and let God is really like, okay, it's like you walking on water. So we're talking about the blessings of God. And I, I want to shift gears a little bit because I know that, you know, myself, you, everybody listening has been hurt by other people, family members, best friends, gossip, whatever it is. I've never heard you guys, and I've stayed in your home now, been with you guys about five separate times. And when I say that, it's, you know, days at a time. It's not like I stopped by for 20 minutes. I'm, I'm with you guys for days. So I see the way you live. I see the way you talk. I see the way you treat each other. And, and what I mean by that is I, I've never heard you guys join in the gossip pool or start the gossip pool. And I know that people have said bad things about you or done bad things to you. So my question is for myself and for the listeners, you know, the Bible says, bless those who curse you or bless those who hurt you, betray you, talk bad about you. How have you done that? Because I know that people have hurt you, have betrayed you, have come against you, especially as pastors. I mean, that that could be a weekly or a monthly thing in your life. How do you really do that because what a lot of us see is people preach it and then we go to dinner with them and they're talking bad about those people. They don't really live it. They just preach it. But I've seen y'all live it. How do you do that? Um, and like you said, it, it takes uh, only by, by the grace of God. It takes you guarding your heart and your mind. You really know that life and death is in the power of your tongue. You really know on the root of bitterness to spring up within you. And, and you know, once you've been hurt, it's like we can justify the reason why we should not forgive. And But I think over the years we've learned that, and you know this, Matt, forgiveness is such a powerful tool. It is the love of God flowing through us. So when we choose to say, God, I want you to love, love through me, love bigger through me. So that means that when things come, like you're, it's and it will come. Mm-hmm. You're going to have an opportunity to walk the talk, and it's easy, like you said, to say, 
uh, I'm going to return good for evil. And sometimes you have to step back and you have to, it's only by the grace of God. You go, Lord, you are bigger than whatever this thing is, whatever someone has said. And I choose for your love, your forgiveness, whatever to flow through. You know, the Bible, our verse has been for our family. And I think for mine and Gregory's own heart is to talk about be forgiving, uh, be tenderhearted to one another, even as Christ has forgiven you. And when you step back and know that hurting people hurt people, and you have to realize that when people are hurt or disappointed, they're wounded, they've got bitter because of hurts. So if I'm become bitter and I get with you, what, what water will I serve you out of my bitterness? Bitterness. I'm going to serve you bitter water, yeah. you know, and yeah. a lot of times we, we do that to one another, but if we let Jesus come in and I love it and just, we get where I'm always honest with the Lord. Now, mm-hmm. you know, like, Lord, that did hurt my feelings. Right. You know what I'm saying? I don't think right. we should be in denial uh, that, you know, I, I'm having to deal with this, this uh, I'm only Jesus could have Judas kiss of betrayal. And still move on. And I don't know. It may have hurt his flesh, too. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? But I know when we have kisses of betrayal, it hurts. Let me me ask you this. If you could share, without saying names, and this is not a loaded question. I don't know the answer to this at all. But uh, when Allison and Jeff came over here and stayed with us for a few days, we talked about everything with them like, you know, friendships and people they hung out with. And, you know, Allison told a story about how she had this best friend and this best friend hurt her and this and that. How about for you? Has there ever been a point in your life, and can you share the story, obviously without sharing names, of of a situation where somebody betrayed you or hurt you that was close to you, whether it was a family member or, like, your best friend or someone at church, and what they did and how you got over it so that you could help people going through the same thing? Like, how do you truly bless those who curse you or hurt you? You know, the first thing that uh, Gregor and I do, you do, Jesus was in the grave three days. You need to take three days to do your own processing with the Lord before (laughs) you open your mouth and put it on it. Wow. Because when you feel that hurt at once, what's going to come out of you is hurt too. Mm -hmm. But if you get with the Lord... And say, Lord, I need some crucifying here because really it's I'm crucifying my pride, my, you know what, my feelings yeah. and everything. And you you get with the Lord and, and what the Holy Spirit and you give him permission. To work in your heart and but you're honest, you know, you let him know what this hurt. I mean, I'm having to deal with this. I love it because the Lord, he already knows what we're thinking. He even sees our thoughts when they're coming to us, you know? So it's not like he don't want us to be upfront and transparent with him. But then after you've had that time to get with him, because you want to say the right, I want to say heaven over this situation and not the natural that I really, you know what I mean? Yep. Because flesh to flesh, you don't win. Yeah. You lose every time. And so you have to get in the spirit of saying, and even by faith, we make decorations by faith. I mean, I've forgiven people in the first month. Maybe I didn't feel like. When so that's, that's what I'm trying to ask you. Like, do you, 
do you let them stay close to you? Do you let them have the same access they had before? Or do you, you know, forgive them and you create like a distance? You know what I'm trying to say? Like, how, how do I know the difference between I've, I've forgiven somebody in my heart, but like, I can't roll with you the same way I did before. Like I can't partner with you and I can't, it's almost like I can't feel attached to those people the same way I did before because I've seen their true colors, right. so to speak. Am I in unforgiveness or am I using wisdom? Like, that's a real I question. Think, I think you're okay. People that have addictions mm-hmm. that you've loved yep. and they mess up. Yep. Want to give you a supernatural grace to keep the bridge down. If they, I mind kept making sense because yeah. when, you know, that's a hurt when you see people hurting themselves. Yep. But when someone hurts you, like you're saying, like a, a betrayal, if there's no repentance on their behalf, yes, you still forgive uh-huh. because that's what you're obligated to do. Mm-hmm. But that person, you won't really have to worry about it because what Jesus does in you, Jesus will... He protects us. People I've learned that he, people that fall out of my life, mm-hmm. maybe they were in my life for a season and there was a perfect a reason for that. And then they fall out of my life. I have to realize God is doing a protection for me. It's not a rejection. And that took years for me to realize he was protecting me. And so I still love bless, but we may not be going to eat together. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or going to vacation together. The but heart, when we see each other, they they my bridge of love is still down. Does that make sense? 100%. And the hard part, and of course, I'm kind of projecting some, some things that we are probably going through right now, is the tough part is when you forgive them in your heart, but you don't invite them to the dinner anymore. You don't invite them to the party. And now all of a sudden... Well, Jackie's the one with the problem. She doesn't invite me anymore. Like, and now it's almost like they flip it on you, right? How do right. you deal with that? Do you just, well, well, God bless you anyway. Like, what do you do? Because I know you've been through that, right? Like, it's kind of like they screwed up. They didn't ask for forgiveness. You forgave them anyway, but they don't have the same access. And it's like, well, why don't I have the access anymore, Jackie? Why don't you invite me? Why aren't I in anymore? Right? Yes. Right. And that's where you know, hey, God's giving you, like you said a while ago, he's giving you wisdom and protection. And you, you know, it's like when we met, Matt, it was a divine God thing. When something separates, you have to put it on the table to know that if God doesn't bring it back in the spirit where you know, then it's okay. You just have to let some things roll off and just, you know, to go on. Um, the main thing is keeping, making sure there's no root of bitterness or unforgiveness in your own heart. And when you've got that right, everything, you know what I mean? That's to me is such a key. Just always, Lord, I don't want any resentment in me, or I don't right. want to hold a grudge because people live with grudges in their lives a long time. And it really stops the blessing that God wants to do for them. I was just going to ask you that. Have you, have you seen people who are bitter get blessed much because I, I kind of have it. Like the, the bitter people are the ones that like, you could, you could check back up with them, you know, in five years and they're still bitter and their life hasn't gotten any better. And it might've gotten any worse. Like I've never met a bitter person that their life gets better and better and better. Have you? 
Uh, no, I have not. And it's really like wandering the wilderness mm-hmm. around the same mountain over and over. And it's so sad because the Lord I know is always saying, let go of that grudge. You know what I mean? You'll yeah. have that to, but it's the, I've, I've, I've counseled a lot of ladies before. And when someone's been hurt by someone in a marriage relationship and all that, and you're talking about forgiving that spouse, mm-hmm. it's amazing how you have to walk some people through. They feel like, I know God will forgive them because if they, they've asked for forgiveness from God. So God forgives quickly. So I'm going to not forgive so I can punish them a little bit. And it's amazing to me how we think our how we think we are should be judged to punish. Mm-hmm. That's a that is a that's a um, a tricky place to be at, and it'll cause you to be bitter because you become the judge of a situation of punishing a person. And so, when I'm dealing with people that have sinned, I know I should forgive. But if I forgive, I know God's forgiven. Then they won't be punished enough. And yet we don't even realize we're letting the torment come on us when we do that. And so I'm just telling you, if you have a grudge, if you have unforgiveness, you know, get with the Lord. Let that wound be healed. So I I was going to expand on that. um, Is I introduced your husband last week as kind of like the pastor to pastors. So for you, I know that, you know, you carry that same title, but also in addition, I know the countless women who come to you for your counsel and your advice that are struggling in their relationships with their husband. What's the number one challenge you're seeing right now in marriages and how are you helping women to get over it? And I'll just say, I mean, there's been huge leaders of companies and, and famous people and very wealthy people that fly from, you know, California, you know, Newport beach, Utah to South Douglas, Georgia, just to be with you and Gregory to hope that you're going to help them save their marriage. And in many cases you do. So back to my original question, what are you seeing? What's the number one challenge in marriages right now? And how do you help these people? Gregor and I have always said we want, and it's an old saying, fight for your family, not fight with your family. And uh, everything in the in the world right now is causing people to disengage, disconnect. So to me, that's the number one. You have to work. It's W-O-R-K to work at your connection. It's just like you're saying, you've got three children and you and Terry still have date night. Mm-hmm. You still make sure that you have that your time and you've got that takes prioritizing that you pursue your mate because your children are going to leave the house one day so for Gregor and I when we're talking with couples we try to get them on a a plane of you must work at committing to have time together and I don't mean just time on your I'm on the couch he's on the couch and we're both on our cell phone looking at you know I'm I'm put everything down, anything that has a screen, get it off mm-hmm. and take walks, go on the bicycle ride, uh, get in the car and go get an ice cream, do something because it's amazing to me. It's the little things that matter. You know, if I've ignored you for two months and then we go get a $200 meal, 
that really doesn't impress me that much. Right. What impresses me is the small things every day that you and I, Gregor and I connect heart to heart every day. And it doesn't take hours and hours, but it does take that fully engaged time together. And uh, people's just got to put the brake on. Absolutely. I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask the woman of God here a tough question, but it's a real question. And not a lot of people would have the guts to ask her this question, but I do, Eli. So I'm going to ask her. (laughs) Because this is one thing that I thank God, and not in a perverted way or a weird way, but my wife has never withheld sex from me. How important is sex in a marriage? It is to a wife. Mm -hmm. We need probably more words of affirmation, holding hands, opening the door, all, all the little things that say, I love you. Then that leads up to the intimacy, which the husband has to have. Gregory, he says this, outside of the Holy Spirit, and we are, I am his helpmate, mm-hmm. that it says when Isaac, when the, uh, they brought Rebecca to Isaac, he lost mm-hmm. his mother. Mm-hmm. So sweet it said, Rebecca comforted him. Yep. Sex is more than just a sexual act that you can go and get anywhere. Right. When you love each other and you're in covenant together, sex is not only fired up with passion, but there's the sweet comfort of knowing each other face to face, heart to heart, and being so transparent with each other that there is such a comfort of the Holy Spirit in that as we come together and a marriage is strengthened for people to withhold from each other. Um, It, it causes a lot of trouble. Yeah. Yeah. We need, so... we need to not withhold from each other. We need to. And, you know, it's like uh, uh, what I love is, and I know you and Terry still do this. You still date each other. Mm-hmm. You still, uh, you, you, uh, you make each other feel valuable yeah. and seen. And to me, when you, are, when you value each other, you see each other and you hear each other. When Gregor and I are talking, I'm not just hearing his words, I'm hearing his heart. And that makes everything else very sweet. Because you're just you're just in a oneness. Right. And you know, isn't it amazing? God sees us as one. Pretty, pretty awesome. And uh he wants that um he wants us to stay totally in love with each other and and to keep the dating still going. I mean, I flirt with Gregory. We laugh. <laughs> I we see you guys flirt all the time. Like yeah. genuine flirting, like 16-year-olds flirting with each other. It's it's awesome. And uh, you know what? Life is supposed to be like that. Jesus gets better, but guess when he gets better in your life, you get better. So how, you know? let me ask you this. So he's he, he's what, 74? No, he's only 69. Okay, so he's sixty nine. No, no, I'm seventy. Means- I'm I'm sixty eight. I'll be sixty nine in September. Okay, he's, so he is seventy. Okay, so you're sixty eight. You've been married for fifty years. How do I want to ask this question? Because it's a real question. Like, is the flirting like? Is it? I, I know it's real, but like, is it genuine? Like, does it really give you those butterflies, or is it like, dude, we've been married fifty years? Like, of course, like 
like does it get watered <laughs> down or is it like really like when you guys were you know 16 17 years old like is it the same flirting or is it different because you've been together for so long i think it's sweeter because you realize your days on earth is shorter hmm. am i making good sense yeah you make you me know, cry that's, doing- that's sad that's uh but in a pretty like in a genuine nice way Right, but, but but you know what I'm saying? You yeah. you understand how did 50 years go by so fast, Gregory? Mm. And so when he's laying turned over asleep and I put my arm around him, I'm thinking, God, you know, I, Lord, I thank you for the 50 years and I thank you for the next 30 years that are gonna be glorious. And um, you know, on or 35, whatever they are, that they'll be, you know, where we'll be just like we are now. But you realize. Life can make you um, don't take things for granted is what I'm trying to say. Do you have those moments with Gregory when, you know, the kids are gone, grandkids, great grandkids, and your house is actually quiet for once in a while? Like, do you guys look at each other and do you like look at him and be like, Gregory, how did 50 years go by so fast? Do you have those convos? Yes. What do y'all say? Thank God I did it with you. That's I wouldn't so want to. I wouldn't want to do it with anyone else. And if I had to do it all over, I would do it the same way. I want to live with you. I want to. I want. I, want to you. Dude, you just, I love them, Eli. They're just. She's the best, dude. <laughs> but you know, and that's it. Uh, I don't want to be. And you, you know, we go with people to the graveyard when they're burying their loved ones, and most of them say, "I wish I'd told them I loved them more." Hmm. I wish, you know, I wish I had loved the Lord more. Uh, I wish that I had been more affectionate. So when you hear stuff like that, you're taking, you know what I mean? You're, you're think you step back and you think, I, I hope there's not a lot of regrets. You know what I mean? So I think that makes you just more in tune with each other because life is a gift. And we're, every day is valuable. And the greatest gift that we can give to one another is our love for each other. And it's letting the Lord Jesus love through us to each other. And when you have that ingredient, it's, it's, it's a pretty spicy, wonderful <laughs> life. <laughs> Absolutely. One of, you know? one, of your, one of your favorite things to say that I've noticed is... Your steps are ordered by the Lord. You say that all the time. What does that mean? That means that you are in trusting the Lord Jesus, that wherever your foot is, that he is leading that path, that my steps are ordered by you. And what I love, if I do make a wrong exit, thank God he will quicken me. Get me back on the right GPS so that I can get right back in the same footing. Because God does that. His word will be a lamp into my feet and a light into my path. And we don't want to walk in darkness. We want to walk in the blessing and the light of God and the love of God. And so that we bring heaven on earth. We are just like Jesus brought heaven to earth. Now we're the body of Christ. We're the family of God, his sons and daughters, joint heirs. So guess what, Matt? You're bringing heaven to earth. Amen. You're bringing Amen. heaven to earth. 
That's why, I mean, so many people preach Jesus as a ticket to heaven. Like Jesus came to get us into heaven. It's like, nah, yeah, but that's a part of it. He also came to bring heaven back into us, right? That's right. <laughs> we lost something in the garden and he brought it back. Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank goodness. It wasn't just a ticket to heaven. You know, newsflash, Adam and Eve were not in heaven. They were on earth. They lost something. Jesus came back and brought it back. What was it? Have dominion, be fruitful, multiply, take over, bring heaven to earth. Yes. There it is. That's it. Tell a mama, preach. All right. I almost have to let you go. We're almost time, but I have two more questions that I want to ask you that are so important. One is I've heard you also say a seed in your hand is a harvest in God's hand. How important is sowing a seed and what does that mean? You know, we farmed. And so as farmers, we had crops. And when Gregory went and got the crop, the seed to put in the ground, and we had gardens, you know, if we were going to grow corn or potatoes or whatever, when we went and got the seed, we didn't bring it to the front porch and sit it up by between the two rocking chairs and speak a harvest. We had to actually sow that seed in soil. So being a a farmer's wife, I understand that when I have seed, and I mean, our seed of our life, seed of kindness, seeds of giving, whatever, you know, uh, everything we do is really a seed. We're either sowing a, a seed under God's hand or a seed into the enemy's hand. And when you realize that, and our words are seeds, we're either seeding heaven so angels can go and do work and prophesying to the future, or we're seeding, if we're talking doubt and belief, we're giving demons mm. seeds to go up, work on. And when wow. you get that, everything is about seed time and harvest. And you're going to plant a seed, and just like a, just like a farmer, when you're sleeping, you don't understand, but the miracle is happening. When you Amen. plant a seed in God's hand, the miracle is happening and a harvest is going to come. And when you have the harvest of God, it is, it's beautiful. It's harvest of kind words, harvest of kind acts, harvest of exhorting people, harvest of reaching a hand out to people that are having a hard time. Um, just having the eyes of Jesus. I love the scripture when it says, You've done it under the least of them. You've done it under me. And the Lord, when he says, you did, you, when I was in prison, you visited me. Lord, when? Mm. When you were hungry, I, you fed me. When, Lord? When I was naked, you clothed me. When? When I was sick, you, when? When you've done it <laughs> unto the least. And uh, yep. everybody is so valuable. And when you realize when you're loving people, you're loving Jesus, that right there changed my life, that parable. Because I said, Lord, he said, Jackie, when you love people, you're loving me. And That's wow, big. that'll make you, when you see people, it, it just puts a different thing. It just, put, it just makes something happen in you. Are you sure it didn't say when you argue with people on Facebook, you're loving Jesus? Because oh. <laughs> <laughs> I see a lot of Christians do that as well. Um, oh my gosh. Help no, us, Lord. I'm, we all need help. I'm I'm being funny, but that's such a powerful statement is when you love people, you're loving Jesus. One thing you said about a minute and a half ago, and I don't want to skip over it because it's powerful. You're talking about a seed, but you also mentioned um, doubt, unbelief could be sowing a seed for the enemy to grab onto. Yes. yes. We don't because talk about that too much. That's big. 
because everything that we do is a seed. Mm-hmm. Every, every word we say produces a harvest, a kind word, an unkind word. You know what I mean? There is whatever you measure out is going to be measured back, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Oh my gosh, you mean that, Lord? If I judge something, it's coming back, pressed down, shaken together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so that makes you aware. But if you're not spiritually aware, you think, well, whatever comes to my mind, I can say it doesn't matter. And a very spiritual principle is when Gregor and I learned that life and death was in the power of the tongue. And so life means we're sowing unto the kingdom of God. Death means we're sowing to the kingdom of the enemy. And you, I mean, we see that all the time. And so uh, it's, it's just, just be aware of when you're talking to your mate, your children, that you are what kind of words you're saying, because words are powerful right? and words can heal or words can scar. Amen. On that, on that note, let me ask you my last question. Five generations uh, live on your block. The first two generations live in your house, you and Gregory and your mama, Lila, 90 years old, the sweetest woman I've ever met in my life. Can you talk about what, you know, with her, how do you honor your mom? Oh, my mom, like you said, she is precious. Mm-hmm. I'm not best friend, her daughter. Uh, but what's so sweet, I think the reason why I feel so young is because I do have a mama. Right. <laughs> <laughs> because she still makes more cakes and says, Baby, you need to come lick the bowl. You know what I mean? I feel like, okay, really I'm 18 does. years old. I'm in here licking the bowl. But, you know, God forbid that I don't lick the bowl because how many more camel cakes is she going to make for me? So, you know, uh, so it's, um, she wrote, I think, uh, Christmas to Gregory. And I just said, the greatest joy is that I have lived with y'all. Oh and uh, just, uh, you know, you know how she serves. Mm. Her her serving is is cooking, and like when you come or whoever she she wants to cook and 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 because that's her gift that's her God gift, yeah. and I love it that at ninety she's still able to operate in that, and she's been such a um, example of someone that has like Jesus that yeah. has served. She will watch. She washes our feet every day with her love of cooking and uh, just really ministering to Gregory and I. Uh, I'm going to be toting around all her crowns, but she is pretty awesome. <laughs> She's unbelievable. I I'm love blessed. It. Being with you guys is like a combination of heaven and little house on the prairie. Like really, <laughs> Eli, when you go down there, I'm telling you, man, South Georgia, grandma Lila, is always cooking. And the yeah. only time I ever see her sitting down, she's watching basketball. It's That's right. it's awesome and hilarious. Like <laughs> if she's sitting down, she's watching basketball. And if she's up, she's cleaning and serving. And she's always asking you, do you want more? Do you want more? Because she wants right. to give you more of her food and her food's freaking ridiculous. Sounds dangerous. Oh, dude. It's <laughs> unbelievable. And, and then the, and then there's Mama yes. Jackie that just loves 
everybody. <laughs> I love you so much. Thank you for just who you are, what you stand for, and just loving people. I, before I let you go, we always ask uh, our guests to leave a note, a quote for you. It could be a Bible verse. It could be a story. Anything to help our guests level up. What would you say to them? Like almost kind of like your last words on the podcast. What would they be? Realize that the Lord is pursuing you. His love is chasing you down. That it it is going to rescue you. That he's going to send people everywhere you turn. And so I'm just declaring that everywhere people go, they're going to be meeting face to face the father's love because his love and his goodness is what brings us to repentance. Amen. And, you know, his goodness is chasing us down. And another thing that Gregor and I say all the time, if it won't matter a hundred years from now, then why are we going to let it matter now? <laughs> true. So that helps you prioritize how upset you get on one to 10. Amen. We love y'all. I cannot wait for you and your family to come back to South Georgia in our Canaan land little bit That's of heaven right. for us, and uh, so we can love on each other. We'll be there in three weeks. We're leaving the kids at home. <laughs> well, okay, and then the next trip, they'll have to come. That's right. So, well, every time right. I go there, I Mason wants uh, Uncle Jerry to take him hog hunting. Sam just wants to run amok, <laughs> and Braden just wants to sit at the table, eat some peach cobbler with you, and talk about Jesus and family. <laughs> Amen. I, I think we can we can fix all of them. We can make it happen. So I we love y'all. I thank you for letting me. I'm honored to be on. Thank you so much. I love you so much. Mama Jackie, she is the pastor at Covenant Church in South Georgia. You can follow them on Instagram. You can follow her on Instagram. And like I said, I bring these guests on and give them to you. She is helping people all the time. She will respond. I'll never forget the guest that we had on about four or five months ago that said, I wish I had a, a motherly figure that I could talk to and encourage me. Mama Jackie is it. And she is full of love and is always looking to give it away. If you felt that, and if you like this episode, we ask you to please like subscribe and share, give us a five-star rating because let's be honest, it's a five-star podcast. Eli, huh? It's <laughs> a good one. It looks good. It feels good. Our guests are the best yep. and our listeners on the best. Thank you guys so much. I hope you enjoyed this week of level up.